Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast. And I'm not sure what I'm going to just record this, what I'm going to title or name my podcast just yet. But um, I'm going to name this episode, Knowing Your Worth. And uh, something that came to mind, I've been kind of just, you know, seeking God on what to talk about um, during my podcast. But something that kind of came to mind... um, I want to speak about an incident that occurred mm, about mm. maybe a, a couple of years ago or so. I met a young lady at a location, and I won't say the name of the location, but um young lady I've never met before. And um, she, she walked up to me, and she began to start telling me, uh, sharing with me something that was going on in her life. And... I won't give out the details of what was going on with this young lady at the time, but she started to tell me about, you know, a young man she was dealing with. And she was just a complete stranger. Keep in mind, she started talking to me about um, a young man she was dealing with, a young man she was with at the time. And she started saying, you know, how tired I am, you know, how tired she was of, um, you know, she's working really long hours and the young man, um, was not working and she began to you know kind of explain about how she um was finding herself having to work seven days out the week and she had to make sure she um had money to satisfy his drug crave i'll put it that way And so, well, as I sat there and I listened to her, um, because where we were at, I didn't have a lot of time. I didn't have time to stop and really talk to her and really give her any words that I really wanted to say. But um, I did share one thing with her before I was, you know, had to leave um, my encounter with her. And I did. I let her know. I just told her that um, make sure you remember to take care of you. And so, um, today, as I began to start thinking about what I wanted to talk about on my podcast, um, that encounter came up to mind. And I just want to tell someone out there, young ladies, particularly, I want to speak to my young ladies, my queens out there. Um, We live in a society now that kind of teaches women that we kind of have to be the boss and we kind of have to be in control and in charge of things because, you know, and I understand why, you know, because lots of men have kind of dropped the ball these days. You know, lots of guys, um, you know, men are just really not being men and primarily they're not being men because they're they're not, you know, whoever raised them oftentimes are not raised, you know with a firm, you know, um, knowledge of, of who God is. I'll put it that way. And if you're not taught, you know, with knowing who God is and you're not taught and someone's not in your life to teach you, you know, how to be loved and, you know, a man's position in, in a, you know, in your life, in the world, then you're not going to know how to function basically. And so, um, 
And I used to be this independent young girl. You know, now I was raised in a family. I had my mom and dad. I had both parents in the home. But, and I was grateful enough to be raised with a father that taught me that how special I was. My father used to tell me how beautiful I was, how pretty I was. You know, he would stop, you know, there would be times I remember being a little girl. He would just stop me and say, you know how cute you are? You know, you are so cute. You know, he would say, you know, uh, you a cute little thing, you know, little things like that. And he would say, you would, you know, he would tell me you're a diamond, you know, you're special and everybody don't deserve you. And every, any man, any type of man just doesn't deserve to have you. And as a little girl, you know, I would kind of just look and I would just kind of smile, you know, grin a little bit. And, you know, I would blush a little bit because, you know, I was my daddy. I was a daddy's girl and I'm the youngest girl. Um, there were four of us. I have um, an older sister, an older brother and a younger brother. But I'm the youngest girl. And, you know, at that time, being a little girl, I really didn't, you know, understand too much what you know what all of that meant and his purpose and reasoning for doing that and you know doing those things being young but now that I'm you know a grown woman and I've encountered you know some guys and I've encountered some men and I remember you know dating and you know he would meet certain guys that I dated and he'd say you know during my dating phase he would come you know sometimes he would come to me and he'd say no he's not the one no no he's not it or he would say, uh-uh, nah, he's not, you can do better than that, you know, at certain times. And mind you, when I was dating, when I dated, um, a lot of these guys, I wouldn't even bring them around my father unless I felt that he was actually worthy. He was a guy who was actually worthy of meeting my father. If I didn't feel like he was, you know, he was up to par per se, <laughs> He didn't even have a chance to meet my dad. And so, um, some ones, you know, some of the guys, you know, would kind of slip through the cracks, I would say, um, per se. And he'd just meet them, you know, on his own. You know, he'd just kind of meet them like, you know, he may come down while I'm getting ready or something. Or, you know, just come and introduce himself to the guy. But it wasn't that I didn't want my father to meet him. Because sometimes he'd say, oh, you know, I want to meet this guy, you know. And... What he didn't know was that there were, you know, certain certain guys I just didn't even bother to waste my time introducing to my father because I already knew it when I was while I was seeing him that he wasn't he wasn't worthy of meeting a man like my dad. And to sum all of that up, I just want to say that now that I'm a grown woman, now I understand why my father wanted to meet every guy that I dated. I understand now why when I was a little girl, he used to tell me how cute I was or how pretty I was or, you know, how special I am. Because what it did was it built my, it built a strong foundation for me as a woman to know my worth. And and that's not to discredit anyone out here who did not have a father who or who did not have an active, you know, uh, present father in their lives. That's not to discredit anyone at all. But I want to say, um, I'm speaking of my experience here, but 
I thank God for having my dad in my life and having, you know, that male figure in my life to tell me how beautiful I am or how special I am. And every every man don't deserve to have you and anybody, just any type of guy doesn't deserve to have you because it molded me into the woman that I am today and it created a strong minded woman who knows her worth and her value. To those of you who did not have a father in your life who, you know, were not as fortunate as myself to grow up to have a father or that, you know, special male role model in your life to teach you to tell you those things. Understand and know that the Bible says that God says, I will be a father to the fatherless. And even though you may not have had the father in your life that you may have wanted to or you saw some other girls, you know, be daddy's girls and you may have wanted that in your life and wanted those things. God is always there as a father and he knows your situation. He knows who was not there for you and who, you know, did not do what they were supposed to do in your life. But he's that he can be that for you. And I want to go back to talk about, um, you know, speaking back, you know, with this young lady that I met earlier in in the cast that I talked about. Um, When I spoke to this young lady, I got a sense and an urgency that she was urgency that she was really just. Her self-esteem was extremely low. Her self-worth was extremely low. And she wasn't the most, while she wasn't the most um, physically attractive young woman, I just could see her heart. And I I could tell that she had just a heart that was just, you know, that was pure. And that was just huge. And... It's not just her situation, but it's every young woman's situation that I run into. And I know that God has had me meet, you know, has me has allowed me to encounter lots of young women in my life um, to come and talk to me who have confided in me and talked to me about their situations. And I've encouraged them. And I cannot lie and say, put a front on for anyone today to say that. It just makes my skin and my blood boil when I hear or I see a young woman being treated as less than she deserves. And so what ends up happening is I just get this irritation deep down in me that just fires me up that makes me feel some sort of way and I can't stand it I can't stand it and the reason being is because the reason being is because I know that if only someone could instill And if only she knew her own self-worth and value, no one could ever tear her down and make her feel less than she is ever again, because she'd already know her own worth. 
And so nothing irritates me more than seeing a young woman out here allowing herself to be used or to be mistreated or to be cheated, pimped, played by a young man who does not deserve to have her. Nothing irritates me more than that. And I just want to tell every young woman out there who may be struggling with knowing her self-worth or understanding her, her value. Know that God created you as a queen. You are precious. You are special. And any and everybody doesn't deserve to have you. Any and everybody doesn't deserve to be able to experience your heart. Any and everybody doesn't deserve to be able to come in and experience and have you. And everybody doesn't deserve you. And I want to know that God loves you more than any man could ever love you. More than any man could ever love you. God loves you more than that. And he just wants your heart. God wants your heart. He wants your heart. And he wants you to draw to him. The love that was missing that you never received from your father or that no male has ever extended to you. You deserve that. But God wants you to know that in him is all the love you will ever need. Don't ever let nobody, never allow a man to dictate your self-worth and your self-value. Never allow a man to mistreat you and pimp you. You don't have to open your legs for anybody unless you want to. You don't have to give your money to anybody unless you want to. You are not entitled to be a man's mom. You are not entitled to be taking care of a man that is not your job. It's not your job. Young women, hear me. It is not your job to be taking care of a grown man. If he can't get a job and take care of himself... Let him go. Run. If he can't keep a job, run. He doesn't want to get a job. Run. If every time you're dating him and you notice that he has uh, he has a pattern of every time he gets a job, he can only keep the job for two to three months. And then after that two to three months, you notice that. The job is over with something so-called happened with the job. Run. If at the beginning of dating him and you start to notice that he has terrible spending and money habits, run. If at the beginning you meet a man and you see that he needs help with finances or help with his bills or he needs help with his child support or he's living with his people or... He's trying to get on his feet and he just needs somewhere to stay for a minute. Run. Run. When you meet a man, young ladies, and the first thing he starts to tell you and explain to you uh, that he needs help with something. Or the first 
time you meet them or the first couple of few dates that you meet each other. And he begins to start selling you his sob story. Run. And I'm talking about that when you meet a guy, y'all been on two, three, four dates. And by the fourth date, he's already telling you uh, how crazy his baby mamas are, how crazy his ex-girlfriend was. Or how his family don't help him with nothing. Or how every girl he done met has ever, uh, has never had his back. Or he just looking for a woman to have his back and be his ride or die. Run. He's setting you up for the kill. Run. And what I mean by setting you up for the kill is it's only a matter of time before he'll be asking you for money. Or asking you can he stay with you. Or asking you can he have a little bit. Can, can you help him out? Can he move in in your place? Run. I can tell you these things because I've experienced it. I'm not just up here talking to you because I just want to talk about something. No. I can talk to you about it because I've experienced some of these things. I've had a bum. I had a bum before. I've had a couple of bums. I've had a few. And even though I was raised with a father that taught me some things, I still bumped my head and had to learn some things on my own. I knew my daddy loved me, but I didn't know how much God loved me. That's what I was missing. So I bumped my head a lot of times. I had a a guy, my high school sweetheart, share my testimony, a little bit of it, and dated for all through high school, pretty much for about eight years. And we were like, we were, we were friends. We we started off as best friends and, you know, in middle school and we became really close and started to date and things got serious. We were in a relationship and we were wanting to, you know, we would always say we would get married, but as we were dating and, you know, we were together, I had you know, had a hunch, I, you know, we would be together all the time. But after high school, we graduated, I just kind of saw our lives were not really going anywhere per se. And so I wanted a change, you know, I needed a change. I wanted to get away from Kansas City for a while. And I left, went to Utah and um, I signed myself up for Job Corps. And I went to Job Corps um you know, kind of on a stance of, you know, he was okay. He was the type of guy that he was okay as long as I was, you know, you know, making money and, you know, as long as I had the money to do things. And I'm the type of girl, I'm very outgoing. I love to do things. Um, I won't say that I have expensive taste per se, but I, I'm very outgoing and, um, I'm classy, you know, and so I love to be like um, here where I live. We have a place called um, there's a a nice shopping area in in town. I won't say the name of it, um, but we have a nice shopping area in town that's kind of high class and upper class. And I love to go there. And so he he knew that was my taste. And, you know, those are things I love to do. But. The longer we were together, God kind of started to begin to show me things about him that were just kind of a turn off for me and kind of unattractive for me. 
And some of those things were just like the fact that um, I would notice like his lack of drive and ambition. Ladies, this is a big thing. If you're dating a man and you start to see, you notice um, a lack of drive and ambition in your man. Run. I'll say it again. If you notice you're dating a man and you start to notice a lack of drive and ambition, run as fast and as far as you can. And the reason why is because nothing's worse than a man who lacks drive and ambition. Because think about it. Your lack of... Your your well, sorry, not your lack, but your your driving ambition is what motivates you, right? That's what motivates us all. If I have no drive or ambition for anything, number one, I'm not going to be motivated enough to go for anything, to push toward anything, right? Mm-hmm. And number two, I'm not going to be motivated to get up. And do the things that I, I, I do have a desire or passion to want to do. Right? I'll be stagnant. So imagine a grown man not having any drive or ambition. Just kind of picture that for a minute. This is how young women often end up with men who don't work. He has no uh, no career. He has no trade he doesn't have any skills under his belt he has no motivation to work he doesn't uh have any skills or anything he wants to this is how you can end up with men who just want to sit around and smoke weed and play video games this is how you end up with those types because somewhere inside of him he didn't know his purpose he doesn't know his purpose for life so he gets up every day and he lives a life of no purpose Which is getting up smoking weed, drinking, sitting around playing video games all day. And you can kind of imagine, right? Never be with a man who lacks drive and ambition. One of the biggest and worst turnoffs that you could possibly have for a man. And even if you are with them, ladies, you're going to ultimately grow to hate him. He's going to become the rottenness of your bones, ultimately. Trust me. Back to my story. So God began to start showing me little things about him as we were dating that just were really a turn off. Like he couldn't, you know, he had no lack. He he had no drive and no ambition. Okay. So then other things started to come out. Um, If I did want to go somewhere or do something, I would have to be the one who had the money to do it. And if I didn't, you know, have the money to do it, then we just couldn't go. And he was perfectly okay with that. He was perfectly okay with me trying to figure out how I was going to get some money for us to go do this, that, and the third. And those things kind of started to highlight after a while. And after a while, they just became a turnoff. Because I began to start questioning and asking myself, like, is this really the way that you want your life to be? 
is this really, you know, the way that you want your life to go? Are you really okay with being with a man who you guys can only go out and do things unless you come up with the money or you are working or you have some way to get up and go get it? What does that make you think of? What picture comes to mind? A pimp. Pimps don't mind, you know, they, they send their woman out to go do the work to bring in the money for them, right? That's what they do. Well, this is kind of the situation I was in, unbeknownst, before God knocked me upside my head, <laughs> per se. And this is what was going on. So I was in this situation with this guy, a bum, who did not, you know, he had no lack, he had no, no drive, no ambition, and... He really had no interest in changing it, to be quite frank. And it just started to become a turnoff for me after a while. Just really unattractive. And ladies, if you're dealing with this, listen and hear my words. Do not experience this if you don't have to. And if you are, get out. You are going to hate him. You're going to hate his guts because he'll, he'll never be able to step up and be the man you need him to be the man you want or need him to be because you'll always be pulling the reins and trying to, you know, I'll figure it out and figure things out. And it's not your job. It's never been your job or your place to try to figure things like this out. It's always been your job to allow the man to go out here in the workforce and go figure things out and figure how y'all going to eat and figure out how y'all going to do things. He should want to do that. A real man should want to do those things. Well, anyhow, God began to, to highlight things like that. And so I began to start taking a look around, you know, looking at my life. And I started saying, you know, I don't like this. You know, this is, you know, this is unattractive. You know, um, we can only do this, that, or the third. We can only go here or there if I, you know, if I, if I got the money to pay for it. And it just was unattractive. And was more unattractive when he had no ambition or drive to push to to make those things happen you know and he was okay with that so I ended up going off to job corps went to Utah and I ended up meeting all these great people you know getting a great trade uh, you know, getting to travel and, you know, getting to do things. And I just was away and I felt, you know, just free. Now, I was still trying to keep the long distance relationship going with this guy. But it just, uh, it just really, to be honest, just really wasn't working out, you know, too well. Of course. And my hope and intent was that if I go and if I leave. And now that I look at it, it was kind of a, a manipulation, kind of, you know, a, a form of manipulation. But, um... As I look back on it, but I'm grateful that I, that I left and I did make the move and I was gone for about a year and a half, maybe around two years I was gone. But in that two years, in that span of that two years, I discovered some things while I was gone. I ended up finding out, you know, he was cheating on me with this, you know, girl and 
I was hurt by it, but I still tried to make it work. You know, he, you know, of course, he lied to me and told me, oh, it's this, this, that. You know, she, you know, it ain't nothing. Ain't. You know, and, and, and I, I went, you know, I stayed. So, I, but still somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew it wasn't right. And so we talked about marriage and that sort of thing, but it just was like, you know, I just, there, there were things. But as time went on, he ended up, you know, it was heartbreaking. He ended up, um, you know, still staying with her. They ultimately ended up getting married and having a child together. I moved on. I went my way. He went his way. But I say all of this, all of that to say this. I'm so grateful for getting up and leaving that situation and moving forward with my life. Because had I not even had I would have stayed, I probably would have gotten trapped. And I probably would have ended up being extremely miserable with him and staying in a situation I had no business staying in. And I'm so grateful that I left it because now I have an amazing husband. We have three beautiful boys together and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I look back and it kind of reminds me of like the, um, what is that movie? The Matrix, The Matrix where you got, uh, oh yeah, we're in the movie. They, there was the, the red pill and there was the blue pill. And so depending which pill you took, determine which outcome and which destiny you got or something like that but um if you've seen the matrix you know what i'm talking about and so i always think about that when i think about my my story um that's one of my testimonies and i'll be sharing more as time as time goes on but um you know i had a choice to make and i also had a desire and a quick um, notion to get up and go, you know, move. And sometimes, guys, God will be, you know, he'll give you a sign and he'll tell you, you know, you need to move. You need to move. you. And this is not just pertaining to relationships. This is any situation. It could be, you know, a friendship. It could be a location. It could be a toxic family member. It could be a toxic friendship. It could be, you know, just anything negative, a job that's toxic or negative. But what I'm saying is obey the voice of the Lord. If God tells you to move from somewhere, no matter what it is or who it is, obey the the voice of the Lord and move. Don't stay stuck and trapped in situations that the Lord is trying to deliver you from. Some of us, some of you have been in situations and, you know, God has told you to be gone a long time ago. And you wonder why your life is not taking off and not going where it's supposed to go because you stayed longer than you were supposed to. Your season with that person or with that place or whatever that thing was or is in your life, you stay too long and you should have been gone. And we uh, we have a tendency to do this. And sometimes we'll know, you'll know that, that, that feeling inside of you. It's just a knowing. 
That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and telling you, go, go. You know, it's that it's that inner knowing inside of you in the bottom of your stomach where you just know, I got to go. Well, that's how I felt in this situation. And I'm so grateful I didn't ignore that because I could have. I could have ignored it. I could have ignored it, but I'm so grateful and glad that I didn't. And, you know, I had a choice to make. At the end of the day, God is not going to force us to do anything. He will whisper to you and he'll tell you over again, go, move, leave. Don't stay there. Get away from there. Don't go there. He'll tell you that. But he's not going to beg you and he's not going to force you to do anything. The Bible says, I set life and death before you. I will that you choose life. He even told us which choice to make. Choose life, guys. You know, if he tells you which choice to make, choose it. He's not going to tell you which decision to make. But if he tells you to choose life, choose life. And only you know what your quote unquote life is in your situation. And I look back over my situation. Um, I look back over my story. And I'm so glad I moved when I did. And the entire thing, you know, panned out, you know, to my life now, to where I'm at now. Now, I ain't doing, you know, everything I want to be doing. I'm not exactly, exactly where I should be and where I exactly where I want to be right now. But I'm better than I used to be. I'm better than where I was. And... I'm grateful for that. Never accept less than you know you deserve. And I know, you know, a lot of times nowadays you hear a lot of people talking about know your worth. But if you really take a look, take a step back and really analyze those words and really meditate on them and think and ask God to show you to open up your heart and show you your worth, your self-worth. He will. Ask him to show you how to love yourself and to show you how much he loves you and he will. Open up your Bibles, start getting in your word and allow God to show you who you are in him. And he will. Ask him what your purpose is so that you can get buried in your purpose and things that don't matter and people that don't matter cannot come into your life and distract or detour you from where God wants you to be and from being the person that he wants you to be and being the person that he says that you are. A lot of times we are trapped up and we're stuck in situations we never had any business being in because we allowed the wrong types of people into our lives. And in some situations, also because we stayed in certain situations with certain individuals that should have been gone from our lives a long time ago. Sometimes you should have you should have been gone a long time ago from a certain situation and you stayed too long. And then when God told you to leave, you didn't go. So now you're stuck. And I have another testimony concerning that staying stuck, getting stuck in places God told you to move from. Um, 
And I'll talk about that in another podcast. But when God is telling you to move from somewhere, he's telling you to do something, telling you to go or let somebody go, let certain people go. And I have another testimony about that, too, um, about letting certain people go. When God is telling you to let people go, there's a reason for that. Trusting and obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. When God is telling you to let somebody go, let them go. He's never going to tell you um, anything that's wrong. He's never going to direct you the wrong way. It's never anything cloudy, hazy, or fugazi about what the Holy Spirit shows you. It's going to be clear for you when they show you, when the Holy Spirit shows you who needs to go, who the people are in your life that needs to go, who they are. Let them go. Don't think twice about it, even though it may hurt. Ask God to help you to get over it, to heal, forgive, and move forward. 